Hey, this is Michael. Thanks so much for listening to Soma's podcast. Before this week's teaching, I just want to take a second and thank you. Thanks for listening. Thanks for sharing and subscribing. It makes a huge impact. Enjoy the message. In Matthew 6, Jesus says, as he's talking uh, to his disciples, he says, when you give, when you pray, when you fast, if you go and read that text, and he's talking to them, hey, when you do it for me, when you're following me, make sure it looks different than the way that the Pharisees do it. But there's this, uh, is a, it's just like, is this assumed thing that as you follow me, you will give, you will pray, you will fast. This is what we're doing. Kids are having a great time in Soma Kids, okay? So, but when you give, when you pray, when you fast, and just, I want to encourage you, if it's a priority and just a, an, an assumption that Jesus makes that we as his followers do that, that's definitely something that we want to do and make a priority in our own faith and in our own walk. And then those of you that are new to our church family, uh, if you came during Christmas or you've just been for the past few months and you haven't gotten connected yet, I want to invite you to Growth Track. That's the next step. Again, putting God first. This is the next step. And really just your purpose in the direction that the God's call on your life is our conversation. Brooke and I, uh, we lead that first step next week. So it's going to be next week after the 1115 service. If you haven't been yet, food, child care, all that good stuff's available. You can register online for that. Okay. We're, we've been in this series. Um, in, we started in Christmas and we're just rolling through the new year talking about the fruits of the spirit. And we use love, joy, and peace to kind of in Advent season. It just fits so well. The beginning of Galatians 5, the Apostle Paul says, this is what it looks like to have the fruit of the Spirit, love, joy, peace. And then he gives us, um, we're going to hit the re- remainder of the fruits of the Spirit here at the beginning of the year. So this is Galatians 5, 22 through 23. Paul says, the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. And the NLT, I love the phrasing on the NLT, it says, but the Holy Spirit produces this kind of fruit in our lives. And so, uh, it, again, we talked about this week one, but the same God who saves me is the same God who sanctifies me. The same God who met me when I surrendered my life to Christ and finally realized who I am in relationship to him. Same one who paid for my sins. Same one who offers forgiveness and grace to me in that moment is the same one that makes me look and become like him. It's his work. It's not us trying to be love or trying to be joy. I'm not that good. Or trying to be peaceful or trying to put on what we're talking about today. Uh, and so, which is patience. Because patience is like... If I'm being honest, I probably have the least amount of moral authority on this fruit than any other fruit, okay? So it's just like I'm not a patient. How many of y'all hate waiting? You just hate waiting on stuff. Okay, good. I do not feel alone this morning. That's good. But patience is the capacity to accept or tolerate delay, trouble, or suffering without getting angry or upset. And that anger and that upset is a symptom of where your heart is as you wait, as you're patient. And so if you're someone who's prone to that, don't look at them, uh, who, who's prone to anger or, you know, like just, you know, being frustrated with, with their reality, like we want to put on patience. And it's harder than ever for us, I think, to put on this because everything in broader culture is like the opposite of that. Everything that you and I see, uh, even marketing towards us, uh, is different than that. And so there was a study done and it was focused on our tolerance for waiting. <laughs> and uh, they used the analytics found in video streaming to determine how impatient we are as a people. And so they, they, they did all the analytics, they studied the videos, and they said the people who set out to watch these videos 
Uh, like you took the time to click it. You wanted to watch it. Uh, after two seconds, half the people are like, pump this. And they stop watching the video. Two seconds. Now, after another three seconds, so we're at five seconds, another half of the people remaining. So now 75% of the people who set out to watch the content, if that thing buffers for five seconds, I'm out, right? And then after 10 seconds, only 20% of the people who originally set out to take part of this experience have the commitment and the tolerance, the endurance to wait for the video to show up. 10 seconds. And I feel like that's such a metaphor for everything in our life. Like, I want to be transformed. I want to be godly. I want the right things for my life and my marriage and my family. I want the right things for my finances. I want the right things for my vocation. I just don't want to wait for it. Like, I, like I, I prayed 10 times. You know what I mean? Nothing happened. I, can't, I attended services 10 times. Nothing happened. I gave for 10 months. No breakthrough. I forgave that person 10 times. Nothing happened. Except the Bible says forgive 70 times 7 in a day. Oh, Lord, give us patience. Right? So it's like, and we look at the things that the Bible asks us to do, and it's like, how could we possibly do that? <laughs> Not in your own strength. So it has to be God in you giving you over to this fruit, this fruit of patience. The culture says this is the world that we live in. It says faster is better. No wait times. Have you ever heard that marketed towards you? Hey, there's no wait times. It's that drive through at cookout. You know what I'm talking about? It's just, it's just like that person on the thing who's taking your order is so aggressive. They're just like, what's the thing? You know, and when I drive through with my family, I'm ready. I'm locked and loaded. Like I know my tray, you know, like I know what I'm, I got it in my head. Okay. But like my family, it's like, we've been to this restaurant. How many times it, they serve the same things. You know what I mean? Unless it's July and you got the watermelon milkshake or it's, or it's December, you got the eggnog. You know what I'm talking about. So, it's, or, but everything else is the same. This is the same thing. And then we pull up and they're like, what you want? And everybody's like, uh, you're going to get the same thing. Why do I even ask you? I just need to order. So it's so, for, but everything's like speed, like mega, ha- and I, there's, you're stressed out. Like the person, like, what do you want, sir? It's like, oh, like it's so, it's, but we're stressed out. We want, we want what we want when we want it. Um, we'd rather, we'd rather, I don't know why all my metaphors are food metaphors. Y'all pray for me, but we would rather, we'd rather microwave a, a hot pocket. Some of, some of y'all are like, don't blaspheme against the hot pocket. The hot pocket hits, but we'd rather microwave a hot pocket than like take the time to prepare and cook a delicious meal that's better for us that tastes better. I just want, I ain't got time for that. I don't want to do that. Even though you do have time for that. We want our entertainment on demand. Y'all remember commercials? Oh my gosh. Y'all remember commercial? We want our entertainment on demand. Want the fastest Wi-Fi? Better not buffer at all. We're, we're attracted to ease and the speed of life so much that Amazon has actually changed the way that we retail. Our demand for the speed that Amazon created is so great. They can't even keep up with our demand for their speed. And the holidays is an example of that. I got to wait four days. Are you kidding me? You're dead to me, Amazon. Like, it's just like, like, it's so crazy. So if, how about this one? If I text you and you don't text me back right away, I'm stressed out. Am I, am I cut off? They're not like me anymore. Are they mad at me? Or they, or like, I'm angry. I'm like, you're dead to me. Like, cause like, it's so people, people using dating apps to meet other people and, and hook up culture because convenience over commitment all day long. We have, we have Quicken Loans, DoorDash, Instagram, FaceTime. I can even get my church on demand. I get my church on demand. 
So sometimes I'd rather have a connection with a phone screen or a computer than accountability in a community of people. Uh, I'd rather be seen than served. Uh, people want platform and no process. They want a moment of deliverance with no discipleship. That is not the way that works. They want success, but no stewardship. And again, there's no biblical precedent for this. Like we want, Hey, I want it. I want transformation. I want God to move in my life. I just want it now. I just want to look like Jesus now. <laughs> and that's not the way it works. Right. And so, uh, the, the, the questions are like, why do I need to wait on God? When my parents already have a direction for my life, university already has a direction for my life, my peers have already given me a direction for my life, why am I, why am I going to wait on God for, for him to give me direction when somebody else will do it for me? Why would I wait on marriage when I can have sex now? Why would I wait? Why would I wait to like buy that thing when I actually have the money rather than just like go into debt and pay a crazy amount of pers- percent interest so that I can just have what I want when I want it. And so this, this fruit of the spirit, man, uh, is so key. And I really, honestly, as I look at it, it's so foundational for who it is that we're supposed to become in Christ. If your impatience and your commitment to convenience is killing your faith in Jesus and, and it can kill your character along with it. If that's where you're at, listen, the world tells us to think about it, click it, you can have it. And God's word says this, get a vision from God, write it down, patiently pursue it, wait on the Lord, like move forward in what God wants you to do. Uh, And the reason why God wants us to wait is because the promise that God has for us is usually on the other side of waiting. I know, I (laughs) I know, it's like, it's the worst message. I know, but I wish it was a different way, but this is how God works in and through us. The promise, the intended end, the influence, the impact, the marriage that you see model. You're like, I want that marriage, the family that you want, the good life that he wants for you, the abundant life that he has for us, the promises he has for us. It always takes time. It takes time. And so, um, the, the promise is basically, it's like this, it's, it's, like, it's not unlike Exodus. We hit Exodus over the summer, but it's like promised land or the promises of God are way out here. I'm way over here and I'm like, okay, God, I'll move where you want me to go. I'll go where you want me to go. I'll do what you want me to do. I just want you to show me the end result. Like show me what the promise is. And he's like, why don't you just do what I already told you to do and then I'll hand you more when you're ready. And some of us are like, yeah, I don't want to do that. That's inconvenient. It's like, yeah, I know. This is Abraham. Abraham, go. Where, Lord? Just walk in that direction. Go in that direction. Have a great call in your life, great promises for you. It takes faith, patience, endurance built. And, and we, always, we always credit Abraham with faith. But, man, what a patient man and an enduring man to just trust God with the direction for his life. And this is what God calls us into. And so um, God is telling us, I'm not showing you this out here, this promise that I have for you, because I want you to, the reason why God doesn't show you the end result or the promise is because he knows you'll try and take a shortcut. I would, uh, I'm gonna do that in my own strength. Oh, cool. That's where you want me to go. Okay, cool. And he's like, no, 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 no. Like the process is, is, is really important. And so patience, the thought for some of us is patience is just sitting around and waiting on God, but patience isn't passive. So it's not like me just sitting there and being like, all right, do something like that's not what patience is. It's waiting on God. And there's a way to wait. Um, it's doing what I've been asked to do while I wait on God. 
It's being obedient while I wait on whatever it is next that he has for me. And I can't get the promise that God has for me by taking shortcuts. Anything of value takes time and patience to build and mature and grow and develop. Again, everything for me is a food metaphor. Coming off of the holidays, right? So it's like you ate things with family and friends and people that you haven't eaten all year long. You know that thing your aunt makes? I don't know what your aunt makes. My aunt makes these like oatmeal cream filled cookies. They're like homemade and it's cheat code. I have no idea how she makes what she makes. It's insane. But it's like, whatever that thing is for you, whatever that meal is for you around the holidays, it just, you're like, someone's committed to spend eight hours of their day preparing that meal. And you're like, it's so good. It's like, yeah, it took time to make that and prepare that. Same thing's true for, for our spiritual lives. God's pruning and shaping and molding us into a people to become more like Jesus so that when we get to the thing that he has for us, we'll be prepared for it. Um, faithfulness and patience are the two fruits of the spirit that have a prerequisite of time. So you can't tell if you're faithful unless you do it over time. <laughs> and you, you can't tell if you're patient unless you wait. And so, uh, you know, the idea is, again, you and I, we can't do this in our own strength. There's no way for me to do this in my own strength or for you to do it in your strength. Zechariah 4, 6 says, not by might nor by power, not by my own effort, my own ability, but by the spirit, says the Lord. And some of you are frustrated with the Christian life because you're trying to do it in your own effort. No Bible study, no curriculum, no amount of doing things or punching boxes or, uh, or showing up to events or whatever is going to form you into the image of Christ. Only God will begin to fill you up with who he is to make you look like love and joy and peace and patience. It's his work. If you don't wait on the Lord, if you do not build patience into your virtue uh, repertoire, if you don't build the character needed to hold the promise that God wants for you, you disqualify yourself from what God wants for you when you get the thing that you ask for. And sometimes God will give you what you ask for when you're not ready for it, just to prove to you that that's not really the thing that you need, not really the thing that you're, after, you're actually after. I don't really want that for my life. I really want the promises of God, not prematurely. God, I want you to form me and make me look more like who it is you want me to become so that when you actually hand the incredible purpose and promises that you have for my life, I'm able to hold it and I'm able to steward it. And I'm not going to wreck that junk because I did it prematurely or out of order. And this is what patience does for us. So it is a slow and steady fruit of the spirit. God will produce the virtue of patience. When you get to where God wants you to go, uh, you're going to appreciate it more as you take a next step. Cool. What do you want me to do next? Okay. What do you want me to do next? What do you, how are you waiting on the Lord? Are you waiting, sitting still, asking for God to do something way out here? Or are you waiting on the Lord doing the next thing that he's asked you to do? Uh, Romans 12. It tells us something about patience. It says, be joyful in hope, be patient in trouble, faithful in prayer. So joyful in hope, patient in trouble, faithful in prayer. And this whole idea of being patient in trouble is a reminder that part of how God builds and grows our endurance and our patience is trouble. I know that's also super encouraging today, but it's like one of the ways that the fruit of the spirit is grown in our lives is to endure hard things, go through hard things. Um, if we want patience, that's what we're going to have to go through. You have to experience waiting and usually waiting in a way that's uncomfortable. And so if you're in a season of waiting on the promise of God, you're building that character trait of patience and you're in good company. 
biblically. I'm going to give you some examples. Joseph is a great example in the Bible. So God gives Joseph a dream. He has this incredible dream. Hey, you're going to be in a place of authority. Even your family is going to bow down to you, Joseph. Joseph's so jacked about this promise of God, he decides to share, every, to, share to everyone prematurely. And, um, and so he's really excited. Coat of many colors. He's dad's favorite, whatever. And so, but his brothers beat him up, throw him in a pit, if you remember the story. Like he has a 14-year period from the time that God gives him the dream to the time that it actually comes to fruition. He waited. And here's the cool thing. Here's what God did to prepare him for this moment. He beat that kid up, put him in a pit. You know what I mean? Sold him into slavery. He ends up in a house. He ends up in Potiphar's house, right? Uh, wife tries to come on to him. He's like, no, I'm good. I'm be faithful. And she's like, no. And then she, she, she bad mouths him, tells somebody he did something he didn't do. He ends up in prison. Brother ends up in prison. And he's there. And then he, and he interprets two guys' dreams while he's in prison. One of the dudes who's set free. And the next day, when he's set free, the Bible tells us for two years, he forgot that Joseph was there. How do you forget that he was in there for two years? He's in there for two Can you imagine, like, Joseph, he interprets this guy's dream. He's like, this is it. I'm getting out. This is great. Dude sits there for two more years. I don't know what was going on in Joseph's heart, but he needed two more years to just sit there and wait. And then finally, when the day came, he comes, God brings him out of prison. He comes in front of Pharaoh and then, uh, he has an opportunity to interpret Pharaoh's dream and, and he's put second in command over everything. Everything that God said would happen happens. And if we're second in command, probably not even really, probably because, you know, Pharaoh had no idea what was going on anyway. So Joseph basically running the show, right? So his family show up, they bow, the whole thing happens 14 years from the time that God gives him the promise to the time that it actually happens. How much, would you wait for 14 years? How about this one? You're like, okay, cool. Joseph, how about this one? We do uh, Elijah. Elijah, he prayed. God said, hey, I want you to pray famine, drought on the land. Uh, my hand's going to move in a mighty way. And then Elijah is like hiding for three years because he's waiting on God to be, okay, Lord, it's a little dry up in here, right? Like we need, like we need some breakthrough, right? So he's just waiting, hiding out three years, waiting on God to answer. Think about King David who was anointed. King David is anointed, has this moment, big ceremony again, and he's anointed the the future King uh, of Israel. And, and then they're like, okay, now go back and tend them sheep. How wild is that? For 15 years, from the time that he was anointed king to the time that he actually became king, 15 years. David needed all that and more, right? And so it's like, hey, I want you to go serve. I want you to go steward this flock. I want you to go battle uh, these, these things that are going to come against these sheep. I want you to actually go to war. I want you to face this giant. I want you to face this opposition. I want you to be, uh, I want you to grow in the area of leadership when it comes to your military. I want you to be, I mean, Saul, I want him at, like everything that took for David to become who it is that God wanted him to become 15 years. How about this one? Noah, God gives Noah instructions. I want you to build a boat. It ain't raining. This is going to feel crazy. 50 years from the time I give you direction to the time that floods are going to come. Like I'm going to, I'm going to give you direction for your life. It's going to take a long time for this to happen. Can you imagine like year 22? Like how insane that must feel. And some of y'all, how many of y'all been to the thing in Kentucky where they have like the, they have like the, the ark encounter, right? So you know the size and the scale. It's insane. Year 22, he's still building that sucker. A neighbor comes out. I can imagine being his neighbor and being like, Noah, 
my man, what are we doing? You know what I mean? Like, what are we doing? It feels insane. And so this patient endurance that's credited as faith, but only when the rain comes. Right? And so uh, Paul, Paul waits 30 years to experience salvation. And then he waits three more years. Some of us read the Bible and we go, Paul's a Pharisee of Pharisees. He knew, his, he knew the Old Testament scriptures better than anybody else. He had this radical encounter with Jesus. You would have thought, I would have done this. This is what I would have done if I was Paul. I'd have been building like evangelistic rallies like the second week. You know what I mean? Big tent revival in Corinth or whatever. Like I would have been doing that kind of junk if I was Paul. He waits three years before he starts planting churches before he starts, he makes sure he's got what he's supposed to have in order before he moves forward. And then it's 11 more years before he goes and goes to Jerusalem and spends time talking to apostles and just kind of fact checks. Okay, cool. We lining up everything good. Right. So it's, it's a process. Sarah, she waits 25 years for her appointed child in Isaac. God gives her a word. 25 years. Isaac comes. She's 90 years old. Fam, that is waiting. She's, she's 90 years old. Uh, and, and also, it's just a reminder, too, that the promise of God doesn't have a time stamp, doesn't have some kind of limitation attached to a season of life or whatever. Some of you are like, I'm done doing great things for the Lord. You are not 90. Like, so, so Moses waited 40 years before God sent him back to Egypt to deliver God's people. 40 years. My man was just walking around in the debt for 40 years. God was prepping him and preparing him to lead a people. And so coming off of Christmas, we talked about the people of God waiting 400 years for the arrival of Christ. God spoke. And when he finally spoke again, the word put on flesh and dwelt among us. Simeon and Anna are at the temple. They've been waiting a lifetime to encounter the Messiah. Jesus, baby Jesus walks up the steps with Mary and Joseph. And they're like, what in the world, right? So it's a waiting game. It's this patience. It's this endurance. And so for me and you, it looks a little bit different because we read, we read passages and like that. And we're like, that's cool. But that, my man, that's Elijah and David and why, you know, but here's what it looks like for me and you building patience for us looks like this. People ask you questions like, why do you still pray? Why, why, why do you still deal with that individual? Why do you still extend forgiveness? Why do you still, why do you church? Why do you give? Why do you serve? Why do you wait? Why are, why are you doing those things? That's insane. Um, why, why aren't you moving forward in the things that we've talked about you moving forward in? Maybe starting a business or starting a certain relationship or doing it like, why are you waiting? But we've got to realize that there's a process to patience. And when we pray for patience, God doesn't send patience. He doesn't just like download patience. Lord, give me patience. Boop, 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 boop. And you're like, that's not the way patience works. Patience is like every other fruit of the spirit. What God sends you is people. <laughs> Annoying people, right? It's just like he sends, he sends you that family member. He'll send you that season with your spouse or with your kids or coworkers or whatever to test the patience that you have grow you and he sends you the boss. He sends you that ungrateful individual. He sends you that kid that looks just like you that has half of your genetic code that just whoa, like he sent. That's what he sends you to grow in the area. And pay. He, he, he doesn't give you patience. He gives you the opportunity to be patient. And so this is how he grows us. Um, and, and you're like, cool. Great, great, great. Like, what does that look like? Hebrews 6 tells us, um, it, it tells us the, the anecdote. It says this in verse 12. It says, we do not want you to become lazy, but to imitate those who through faith and patience inherit what's been promised. 
So here's the equation. It tells us this in verse 12. Imitate those who through faith and patience, they get what God's promised them. What, what leads us to a place that get, we're able to like get the abundant life that Jesus paid for, the things that God has for our life? Faith and patience. And if we're being real, if I'm being real, a lot of times historically I've thought faith and ability. Faith and talent. Faith and resources. Faith and connection. Faith and I've got a plan. Nope. Verse 12. Faith and patience. <sighs> like that, that gives us over to the promise. And many of us, if you're being honest, you say, I want, I want to maximize my life. Right. I want to maximize my life. I want to maximize my potential. I want the abundant life that Jesus paid for. I want the impact that's possible for me. I want to make a difference in people's lives. We all want the amazing things that God has for us in Christ Jesus. And we know we need faith, but we would not put patience in that equation. We put something else in that equation. But keep reading on in verse 13. It says this, when God made his promise to Abraham, since there was no one greater for God to swear by, he swore to himself, gave an oath to himself. And he said, I will surely bless you and give you many descendants. Now, here's Abraham's part in all of this. Look at verse 15. And so, after waiting patiently, Abraham received what was promised. Wow. Okay. So, again, we love the faith of Abraham, but the Bible tells us key ingredient in all of this is the patience of Abraham. I I look at the people that I admire, heroes of the faith, Biblical heroes of the faith and even modern examples, heroes of the faith and, and what is lacking in my own spiritual development and in my own formation and my own becoming of like Christ is patience. I'm not waiting on the Lord and he's calling us in to do that. Um, and so question, have you ever gone to purchase something? You ever had that moment where you go to purchase something uh, and you even might have the funds ready and you go to purchase it and you're like, Oh, and it's like, not yet. Or you go to start a relationship, maybe a dating relationship with somebody you really like. And you're like, Oh, I don't know if, I don't know if we're there. I don't know if, I don't know if that needs to happen yet. You go to start a business and, and on paper or just headspace wise, you're super passionate, excited about this business, but you know, deep down, I don't have what I need in order to do this. And so you don't, you wait like that is the spirit of God working in you. Anytime you and and I in Christ decide to wait and we're building that endurance and the patience necessary attached to what, what it is that God wants for us. Like that's our story. And over uh, our, that's our story as a church. Even Um, when when I, when we've started the church, um, I was 33. And when we, when I, when I got the word, to like do what I'm doing currently, I was 23. And, uh, and then even in the season where we started and we planted as a church, we were at a, we, Brooke and I served in another church out of Lake Norman. Loved it. Always thought we would be there. Had, didn't have a desire or like an idea to do anything other than what we were doing. We really loved where we were at. But God brought us to this place and it was just this healthy tension, this space of really the last year and a half that we were there. It just felt like, like something was next. Nobody, we didn't know what it was, but we felt it. Leadership felt it. Everybody felt it. And there was this healthy tension of something's got to give to the point that Brooke looks at me one day and she was like, you're so unhappy. Like you're so like, it's, it's not, you don't love the people or love the opportunities or love where you're at. It's just God's 
like something's got to give. And, and, and I'm like, I know, but and, and the counsel would have been for certain people, hey, you need to step off, you need to go do something different, you need to whatever. Um, but I was like, no, like we just got to stay. Not having any idea or reason as to why, like we just, we just got to keep plowing, just got to keep giving, got to keep serving, got to keep doing what we're doing. A year goes by, senior pastor comes to me and says, hey, I want to send you to plant a church. Never would have happened if we didn't wait. And I'll say there's probably some things, I know there were some things that God did in my spirit over that year and a half where, like, that was just so good for me. I wasn't even ready to plant the church at 33, if I'm being real honest. I definitely wasn't ready at 23, right? And so waiting is this preparation. So if you're in a season where you feel like you're waiting on God to answer a prayer, waiting to hear from him, waiting on breakthrough, what God is doing in your life is not a punishment. It's that your faith in him plus patience builds you as you wait on him for the promise that God wants to hand you. Uh, and, and even if you go through like, even if you got bad news, you lost a loved one, you're experiencing sickness, you're experiencing a job loss or just a crazy, like relationships, the people that said they were always going to be, there are not going to be like, God, how are you going to leverage these things I'm going through now for the promise that you have for me? Romans eight twenty eight, And we know that in all things, God works for the good of those who love him, who've been called according to his purpose. It doesn't matter what you're going through. God can leverage it and build patience in you as you go through hard things to, for the promise that he has for you. Here's another one. James one. Two through four, dear brothers and sisters, when troubles of any kind come your way, consider it an opportunity for great joy, great joy. Ooh, for, for you know that when your faith is tested, your endurance has a chance to grow. So let it grow. And this endurance that he's talking about, he says, hey, you could be patient. How how awesome. How fun is that? Right. It'd be patient when you go through hard things. When, when your endurance is fully developed, get this, you will be perfect and complete needing nothing. That's how important patience is. James says, Hey, here's what becoming like Christ looks like. Here's what becoming, uh, here's what complete development looks like. Endurance, steadfastness. The Lord is slow to anger. The Lord is patient. And so when you and I are in the grocery store, Okay, practical. We're just going to get practical real quick. Okay, and there's like 14 checkouts. But there's two people working the checkouts. And there's lines that goes like all the way to the back of Publix or wherever you shop, right? Target, whatever you fill in the blank. Like, why do we have 14 checkouts? And two people are working these checkouts. This is testing my resolve, right? So it's like, why are we doing this? It's like, consider it joy. As you stand in a long line. And you wait. Right. Consider it joy if you're driving on the road and then someone is in front of you in the left lane who is not even going to speed limit. Consider it joy. They're the worst driver ever. You speed up, they speed up. And it's like, why are you what is happening? Why are you speeding up? And then you slow down, they slow down. And it's like, again, consider it joy. (laughs) Consider it joy when your three year old takes all the ornaments off the lower third of your Christmas tree. Come on. Consider it joy. Consider your joy. Last night, I'll give you a great example. Last night, um, I'm writing a message on patience. Last night, right? I'm finalizing a message on patience. Kids let the dogs out. Dog runs in, jumps on our white sofa. Why we have a white sofa with five children is beyond me. Anyway, we have a white sofa, and dog jumps on the white sofa. Mud everywhere. I come in, I'm yelling. I'm like, get the dog off the, you know, like, I'm like yelling at everybody. I'm like, what are we doing? And I'm I'm writing a message on patience. You know what I mean? I go back in there, and like, and so it's like, but consider it joy. Consider it joy. 
And so um, there's promises that God has for us. And the only way to receive those promises is to build patience, is to wait on the Lord. There's things that God has for you. And the only way that you get those things is patience. And so I think about the life of Christ. Jesus waited too. So Jesus, who's God, (laughs) waited 30 years before his earthly minute. Can you imagine knowing that you're God? Like if I knew I was God at 16, oh, like if, like, can you imagine knowing that you're God, you wait for 30 years. Anyway, he waits for 30 years, starts his earthly ministry and then three years of earthly ministry for three days of purpose. Let it sit. Like even the son of man comes and waits. He, He waits on the Lord. Father, I mean, he's totally dependent, led by the spirit, totally dependent on, on the father. It, when he's here on earth, God, where do you want me to go? What do you want me to do? Who do you want me to heal? What miracle do you want me to perform? What, and there's this total dependence on God as he's here again, waiting on God for the next thing. And even when Jesus leaves, here's what he does. He, here's how he commissions his church and his followers. He says this in Acts one, four through eight, do not leave Jerusalem, but wait, <laughs> wait. For the gift my father promised, which you have heard me speak about, you'll receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you, and you'll be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. Jesus says, it's an amazing gospel. It's the best story ever. It has implications for everybody you've ever met. Don't try and tell people in your own strength and in your own power. Like these are the people who spent three years with him. Don't go anywhere. You will jack it up. I will send you my spirit. He's going to empower you. You're going to be bold in a way that you've never been bold before. I'm going to give you over to great things. But again, the fruit of the spirit is a work on the inside of us that overflows on the outside of us. It's God's work inside of us. And it takes time. It may take, it's going to take prayer. It's going to take gathering and believing. It's going to take, it's going to take the same thing over and over again. God, what do you, what have you already told me to do in your word? I already know what I'm supposed to do. He's like, I already told you, bro. Like I already told you the things. And it's like, what's the next thing that you want me to do as I step towards that purpose? It may take time, may take prayer and gathering and waiting on God to move. And, And here's another thing to just think about how you wait can affect how long you wait. Cause some of you have been waiting. You're like, God, I need you to show up in this area of my life. And he's like, if you would just like, if you would do the things I've already asked you to do, if you would wait on me, like if you would wait in the way that I'm asking you to, this would be a lot quicker process. You remember this past summer, we hit the book of Exodus. People of God, uh, by miraculous work are delivered out of Egypt. And as they're delivered out of Egypt, what's supposed to take them 11 days to get to the promise that God has for them. And again, those 11 days are there on purpose. That's to purify them, to ready them for the promise that God has for them. It's supposed to take 11 days. Instead of that, it's a 40-year death sentence. None of that generation make it here. Why? Because they didn't wait. They grumbled. They complained. It'd be better in Egypt. This is stupid. Why are we walking? Instead of, hey, what's the next thing that you want me to do? Let me wait, right, and believe and trust you, even with time. And, and, and I believe that there's things in your life, in my life, there's things that I believe the Holy Spirit is already talking to you right now. There's things in your life that you know that God's promised for you, but there's things that you haven't done that you know he's asked you to do in order to move towards the promise that he has for your life. 
A lot of times God will give you a glimpse of your purpose or give you a glimpse of the things that he wants for you. It's not really like in full detail. But man, in order to really ever fully understand and experience all that he has for us, we have to like move in that direction. Why does any of this matter when it comes to patience? It's great application, but, but we're talking about fruits of the spirit. The only reason any of this matters is because we serve a patient God. You're only ever going to be patient because your God is patient. You're ever only going to love people because your God loves people. You're ever only going to experience joy because we have a God who offers it. It is the character of who he is. Peace is his character. Self-control is his good. These are his character traits. And out of the overflow of what he's doing in my life, it begins to come out. And so this is the Apostle Paul. There's how important patience is. Um, the Apostle Paul says this in 1 Timothy 1, 16. Same one who gives us Galatians 5 gives us this. He says, but for that very reason... I was shown mercy so that in me, the worst of sinners, Christ might display his immense patience as an example for those who would believe in him and receive eternal life. Again, the guy who wrote two thirds of your New Testament, guy who planted all kinds of churches, God who, I mean, again, hero of the faith, incredible. What are we talking about? And he's like, yeah, I'm the worst sinner. If you've thought it, I've thought it. If you've done it, I've done it. If you've said it, I've said it. If you've been there, I've been there. You think your offense is too great, your sin is too great. Paul's like, no, 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 whatever. That's cute. I'm the worst of sinners. I'm the chief of sinners. And he said, here's the, here's the, here's the, the, uh, the purpose and the, the plan of Christ, the plan of God is to show me mercy so that me, I could display the immense patience that God has for people. In my own salvation, in my own sanctification, in my own becoming. Paul says, if it can happen for me, it can happen for you. Paul's just a man. Like God did an incredible work through him. And it's amazing what God did through him. But he's like, I'm just, I'm not God. And he's like, if it can happen for me, it can happen for you. You can't exhaust the patience of God. Is what Paul's saying. He's got enough patience for whatever the journey is that I'm going through in this current season, whatever brokenness that you're experiencing, whatever sin in your life, whatever rebellion or hardness of heart or indifference or apathy, the angry, the unforgiveness, the bitterness that you're currently experiencing. He's got patience for that. The struggle, the struggle that we're going through that we think that there's no way out. He's got patience. The, the Lord is slow to anger. There is nowhere that you can't run that the arm of God can't reach you and outlast you. His patience endures. And so this is 2 Peter 3, 8, 9. When the Lord, uh, with, with the Lord, a day is like a thousand years and a thousand years are like a day. Again, you and I are thinking, man, this is taking too long. And he's thinking, I want more for you. You want a fast track. You want fix it quick. He's like, I want you to become who I want you to become. I'm not worried about time. I'm worried about you. And, and he says, I, I want you to be, I want you to wait on me. With the Lord, a day is like a thousand years, a thousand years is like a day. The Lord is not slow in keeping his promise, as some understand slowness. Instead, man, he's just being patient with you. He's just being patient with you. He's being patient with you, not wanting anyone to perish, but everyone to come to a place of repentance. He wants you to change your mind. And, uh, and so here's my encouragement at the beginning of this year. 
um, is you, we all set goals. We all have resolutions. You have things that you're really excited for, an opportunity to reset um, and start fresh with a relationship. Hey, I really want to focus on my marriage or with my kids. We have goals as a family or finances or um, prayer life, physical, like health, whatever the things are, whatever your goals are. Listen, write them down, make the vision clear, and then patiently wait on the Lord. Don't get through February and be like, I'm done with that. Like, patiently wait on the Lord to do the things in and through you that only he can do. And again, it's a work of his Holy Spirit. You got to pray. You got to fast. You got to ask God to do what only he can do in his strength. There's things that you've been needing in your life, frustrations that you have, and it's because you're trying to do it yourself. (laughs) So dumb. Like he will open the door for you. He will, he will make a way for you and it'll be so much better than what you have in mind. If you'll wait on him, will you trust me? Hey, Michael, will you trust me? With your future, will you trust me? With your relationships, will you trust me? With your kids, will you trust me? With your marriage, will you trust me? In the workplace, will you trust me? In your income, will you trust me? And will you do the thing that I've already asked you to do and then march towards the purpose and plan, the promise that I have for you? Again, faithfully wait. Just wait on the promise. And one day it's going to be credit to you as faith as you wait on him. Let me pray for us. Jesus, thank you so much for for your word. God, thank you for the opportunity to gather on this first Sunday. And there are many places that we could be, many things that we could be doing right now. But I believe, God, that you designed this moment for everybody who is here, for us to hear your word, for for us to have a real direction for our year, this year, the year of patience. A year where we, where we endure, where we wait on you to do what only you can do in our lives. But as we wait, help us to have the boldness of conviction to do what you've already asked us to do. We know what you've asked us to do. Holy Spirit, I pray right now you just help people to see, hey, I need you to work on this. I need you, I need you to address this. I need you to fix this. If you want more, work on this first, and then I'm going to hand you more. And I believe, God, that even before... God, even before we were born, you had a plan and a promise and a future for every single person in this room. And and you have been waiting for this moment to speak to people exactly what they need to hear. There's someone here today who you have yet to surrender your life to Christ. You have yet to call him Lord and Savior. You have yet to lay down your agenda. You're so frustrated trying to do things in your own effort. You can't do it in your own effort. You gotta wait on him. You gotta be patient. You gotta endure. You've gotta have faith plus time to give you over to the promise and the abundant life that he wants for you. If you're here today and you're seeing Jesus for who he is, your Savior, your Lord, your, your eternity, your right relationship with God, but also the way to live today, the way to experience the fullness of all that God has available today. If you see Jesus for who he is today, I promise you, God has been waiting on a moment to reveal exactly who his son is to you. Other people have said it to you. You could have been in religious rhythms. You could have done all kinds of things, read about Jesus, heard about Jesus, been around it. But until that moment where you finally, by the power of the Holy Spirit, see Jesus for who he is, And and you just go all in. You surrender your life to him. If that's you today, just say, Jesus, I give you my life. I surrender my life to you. 
God, I lay down my agenda, my timeline, my impatience, my anger, my desire for control. And, and I want to steward well and have a plan and do all the things that I can in my own strength. But there's so much outside of my own strength, God, and I need to trust you with that. Help me to patiently endure. Help me to wait faithfully. God, same thing for our church family in this season. God, give us over to great dreams and great visions, great goals and aspirations. Give us over to more than what we could think or imagine. But as we do it, help us to wait. Lord, we love you. And it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen.